Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. Do you like having posters and supporting your favorite athletes? Well, the Athletic Collection gives you a chance to do that with the best posters in the game. They have many different teams with many different sports. Myself as an LSU fan, I just got myself LSU baseball, LSU gymnastics, and LSU soccer posters to put up in the man cave. So get your posters today at the Athletic Collection, which you can find on Instagram and Twitter. No one compares to me. Hey, and, and you know what I realized for the first time after signing my WWE contract, I don't know what, seven years ago? After getting to sit at home and watch WrestleMania. No, no, no. I don't steal opportunities. I am the opportunity. So to all you... Yo, what is up, everybody? We are back, and it is time again for another edition of the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partner in crime, my brother from another mother, Jim Cross. Jim, Randy's out this week with vacation, so it's me and you flying solo, but you know what that means. You just keep it rolling. We got another good one tonight. We got episode six titled Walk That Walk. You hear it in the background, and we're going to give it to you here tonight. We got Mississippi State volleyball star Becca Walk joining us. So let's get right to it, man. I don't want to waste any time. I want to talk volleyball, and I want to talk it right now. So help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview in podcasting this week, our guest, Mississippi State volleyball star, Becca Walk. Becca, how are we doing tonight? I'm great. How are y'all? Uh, we're good. I'm sitting here watching some Women's World Cup, and that's fitting because we're going to transition. We've, uh, Daniel, what? We've probably had, I don't know, a good 10 episodes since we've had a, a female guest. Yeah, we're long overdue, and it, it's, it's I, I blame it on scheduling and just our, our lack of, of, being good enough looking, I think, when we, <laughs> when we pass. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I like how you said scheduling, which immediately would fall on me because I scheduled the guest. That was that was nice. No, I, I, I kid. Um, we do, a, I think we do a pretty good job as far as trying to keep diversity amongst men and women. Um, but we definitely, like, we definitely think that when we do have women on, on the podcast, they bring a different perspective and it's a much needed perspective because they're way cooler to talk to than (laughs) just being honest. Like it's kind of the same song and dance with the guys, the girls always bring it. So I'm looking forward to a good episode. So with that, Becca, we're going to bring it right out the gate with some icebreakers. Uh, we've had some new ones this season. You're the sixth episode of the season. So, so far it's been good. So let's, let's keep it rolling. First one, let's say you have your own late night talk show. Who's the first guest you would have? And we're talking about, you know, celebrities that don't got to be a friend. Who, who would you want on your show? Um, I would probably choose Blake Lively and her husband, Ryan Reynolds, because I love them and they're hilarious solid she brought in the couple all right the zombie apocalypse is coming you can have three teammates from mississippi state volleyball to help keep you alive who are you bringing 
I would bring Kaylee Sharkey, Mimi Shackleford, and probably Lauren Myrick because all of them are hilarious and I, I need someone to make me laugh. And Mimi was, she's just like so hardcore that she would probably kill all of them. I was just say, you need hardcore. You definitely need intelligence amongst the group. Can't just laugh the whole way. I mean, I, I, I don't know about going down, but we'd have a good time. If we're going down, we might as well go down laughing. I mean, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I've watched how she spikes the ball. I'm going down swinging with Becca. We we ain't laughing. All right. If you had to do karaoke, what song are you picking? Yeah, everybody's watching. You got to put on a show. Probably something by Carrie Underwood because I grew up listening to her. Like before he cheats, that is just the best karaoke song. I could dig it. I could dig that's, it. That's see, that's a that's a bold move because you know that. If it's a split crowd, 50% of the room is going to love it, and 50% of the room is going to be like, all right, you got to get up out of here. Well, then you know which 50% of the room that you like. And you know who, yeah, you know who the cheaters in the room are, Daniel. That is <laughs> everybody. Might even catch some of the women. Don't just expect it to, to no, be no. Men. <laughs> All right. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? probably Zac Efron because he was in all the high school musical stuff and I don't know like basketball player like just loved him every time I see Zac Efron in something with my wife I'm like I hate this dude because he's got look I made a joke one time I was like he's got 27 abs and her immediate comment was how does he have an odd number of abs I said I don't know I just know that there's a lot of them things like he's got an extra set in there for sure yeah, he aged pretty well, too. <laughs> yeah, he's making us older guys look real bad. <laughs> but, it's, it's like we tell everybody, like, and, and I'm sure we're going to find out when we talk to you about your family. Like, everyone, all the guests that we bring on here always have this outlandish, like, like list of attributes that their entire family has created. And Jim and I are like, can you just sprinkle some to us regular guys? Like, we'll just take a little bit. Come on, like, come on, Zach. Give me like two abs. You still I mean, have twenty five. Right out the gate, they, we're talking to someone who's six foot two, and I'm five foot eleven. Like, like that ain't even fair. Like, I mean, you would you would have to wear heels to match up to her, right? Like, just, I'm not playing basketball, volleyball, or anything else in between, Rebecca. I'm not doing it. You have to wear all cowboy boots. Uh, I'm definitely not doing cowboy boots. Not my style. So you just you just got me. But final one, and then we'll get into your story. It's an important one. Favorite athlete growing up? Definitely Drew Brees. We I'm oh, I was born in New Orleans, and we love the Saints. So I don't uh, know how that goes with y'all, but I want to restart right, y'all episode. Y'all can have this. I'm out. It'll be you and Jim. Daniel, you know what my – Daniel, let's see how well you know me. What's my immediate thought right now? You you actually want to rewrite the whole rundown and talk about Mississippi State Volleyball, but you would rather just have a segment in there where you talk about the Saints and Drew Brees. And, no, I'm surprised. But, I thought you would know what I really want to do. I want to flip my computer to the other side of the room so my uh, Brees autographed jersey's behind me. No, let's not do that. Like we're just have to start this whole thing over. I got. I need a whole new backdrop. The, the bells aren't even good enough anymore. I need Drew Brees there. No, I'm just kidding. We'll do, we'll we'll get into our story. We'll do Drew Brees another night. <laughs> I mean, Drew Brees has nothing on Becca, and because of that, we got to know your story, Becca. Let's let's start at the beginning. Take me all the way back. Talk, talk to me about where you're from. Let's let's start there. So. I was born in New Orleans, but lived and grew up in Diamond Head, Mississippi, which is on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, small town, um, two older brothers and um, mom and dad. We live like on a bunch of land. So always taking the four wheelers out, taking the boat out, going fishing, going hunting. Um, just what are, you, what are you fishing for? Redfish. Redfish. Have you ever been gator hunting? I feel like when you grow up in New Orleans, like that's like a way of life. 
Maybe I'm wrong. I just feel no, like there's definitely some gators like around the bayou and stuff, but we've never been really. I think you're just thinking of Malazzo, Daniel, who grew up in that area, who hunted everything, literally. Maybe. I just, I don't know. I know that where I'm at, there's gators and I get sucked into these, these reels on, on Facebook and, and Instagram where it's guys going out and like they're in the Everglades and they're yes. touching gators and like doing crazy stuff. And he like, grabs the snakes with his bare hands. Right. Like, I'm like, what? Who? He's barefoot to, to begin with. And then it's right. like, it's like, oh, it's a so-and-so python. I, I got it. Yeah. yeah, he swamp puppies. And he like goes, I'm going to boop him. Right. Anyhow, shameful plug for that guy, but he does a good job. Um, so you talked about having two other brothers. Uh, they're older, correct? Yes. So what is it like being an athlete as a kid growing up with two older brothers? Are you constantly trying to show like you're the best or is it you just kind of take the beatings as they come and then you, you it makes you better in the long run. Oh, I took my fair share of beatings as a kid. They both played, my oldest brother played basketball and tennis. And then my second oldest brother played football, basketball and tennis. And they, I always just like went to all of their stuff. And I was a super girly girl growing up. Like I just played tennis when I was little, little until um, about fifth grade, I started playing volleyball, but they always joke with me because they were so athletic in high school. And, um, I just did not want to be outside. Like, I just hate it. I don't know. I was just super girly girl. So they always joke and say, like, that it's the biggest shock that I was the only D1 athlete in the family. And they just went to college to have fun. Hey, I mean, we've seen the highlights. We've seen the clips. You, you get after it for sure. And, like, the athletic prowess that you have is, is unmatched by far. So <laughs> let's – Let's talk about volleyball. I mean, obviously you said you started in fifth grade, um, but you were a girly girl and no sports up until fifth grade. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know what, let me try volleyball. Or did you dabble in some sports prior to that? Yeah, I've always played tennis. Just my family plays tennis. So we would go out on the weekends and play a lot, which I loved. Um, and then volleyball is not really that big in Mississippi when I was growing up. So um they had a team at my high school. So my high school started in seventh grade and um, they were just starting a club. So I knew that they had a good um, high school team. So I wanted to make the team in seventh grade whenever I got to the big school. So I started playing in fifth grade and I liked it a lot. So I just stuck with it, made some fun friends. So that's kind of how I got into that. You, you mentioned tennis to start. Do you still play tennis? Just kind of because I do. When I go home, I'll play a lot. Let me ask you this. There's this this phenomenon that is I knew, I knew it was across, going there. <laughs> across the globe. It is basically it's pickleball. How do you feel about pickleball being a tennis player? You know, I haven't dabbled into the pickleball game yet. It's intense. Let me tell you that. It's intense. But maybe it's I so I wasn't familiar with it. I just, I'd heard of it, but I hadn't seen it. And so I was actually visiting him a few weeks ago and they had it like professionally on TV. And so we were watching it and I ain't gonna lie. Like, I mean, it's a combination of like tennis and ping pong and it, it, the, it's moving fast. They were, they were sharp. It looks fun, but I, I don't know. I like tennis. It's just, you can hit it a little harder. <laughs> She True. probably appreciates the aspect of the the running because they're in pickleball. There's not nearly the running there is in tennis. Right. It's just I don't know. Pickleball is like you have to hit this this ball hard, and even when you hit it your hardest, it moves fast. But it's it it's always much slower than what you think, and that's right. what throws you off. You know, yeah. Tennis though. Tennis is fast. Like you have to have, you got to play angles and you got to, like, you got to know the court and the spin and what the ball is going to do before it even does anything. Um, I think pickleball is a little bit of the same, but I think it's more reactionary than anything. Right. Um, so you talked about high school. You talked about your high school started in seventh grade. What high school was it? Our Lady Academy. It's in um, St. Louis, Mississippi. Our Lady Academy. What's the mascot at Our Lady Academy? 
the crescent moon. What? <laughs> okay, so when I was so Jim sends me the script or the rundown of the show, and I'm looking through it, and he's like, "Oh, she led the Crescents to five of eight consecutive state championships," and I'm like, "He probably that's a typo. It's like Crusaders <laughs> or like something." So I figured I would ask. So what? How on earth? Like, what's the backstory? There's got to be a backstory for the Crescent Moons. Well, I'm not really sure about the story, but so OLA is an all girls school, and then the all boys school across the street, Saint Stanislaus. Full moons. They were, they were the Rocketaws, which do y'all know what that is? Here's what I know: is that New Orleans needs to do better with high schools. No, this is Mississippi. <laughs> Mississippi needs to do better with high school names. I mean, come on. The Rocket Shaw sounds like a minor league baseball club, Daniel. I'm all for it. I mean. But it's the little um, cocklebirds you get, like, on the fields whenever you go in your socks and they stick to your socks. Yeah, they, they, they're, they're not going to hurt you too terribly bad. They're just very annoying. So. Yes. <laughs> this – interview has taken a turn i like i i've got to stay like all right so you're a crescent moon is that like something that like people are like that they joke on i mean as as a member of the team is that something you even think about is it something where you're like man like we need to sign a petition to change this we no we loved it and we had a whole like mascot a moon they would take like banana costumes and paint them gray and silver and so it would look like a moon and uh we we embraced it i mean i guess you got to but i mean you you embraced it for sure you, you led the, the crescent moons to five of its eight consecutive state championships and when i say that like it's hard to even think like what it looks like and then jim conveniently shared a picture with me where you have five rings on your hand you are the Tom Brady of, of <laughs> crescent moons. Like you have a ring for every finger. I mean, you also, you know, when you look at it, you set the school record for kills, 2,351. You posted 338 total blocks. You're nominated for Mississippi Gator, Gatorade Player of the Year as a junior and a senior. As a senior, you led the nation in kills, 883. You had a hitting percentage of 660. You earned All-American selection from prepvolleyball.com. Your 600 hitting mark as a junior made you number two in the entire country. I got to ask because that is an impressive amount of accolades and you're filling a resume that, you know, it's no wonder why you are where you are. Um, but do you realize when when I read that back to you, those accolades, like how much you accomplished in high school and like, what does all that mean to you? Does it mean anything or is it important to you? Like you think about it, what does all that mean to you? I think that place, I have so many like fun memories just from playing in high school and high school ball in Mississippi is very different from club ball and college ball, obviously too, but it's so fun just to go back there because it was such like such a dynasty there. Um, they had won so many state championships before I even got there. And um, I just remember I always wanted to win one. And I was like, I just want to win one. And then we went out and just started that streak, which was so much fun. And um, just like the people that were there and the people I got to meet playing against was so much fun. Is because the school starts at in seventh grade, are you able to play against seniors as a seventh grader? So they have a seventh grade team, an eighth grade team, a junior high team or a junior varsity team and a varsity team. So when I got there in seventh grade, I played JV. And then in eighth grade, I started on the varsity team and then just went from there. I just kind of skipped the seventh and eighth grade teams a little bit. How, how old are you? Like what's the age in eighth grade? Like I think 13, 15, 14, 13, 14. So it's, it's feasible to say as a 13 year old, you are enjoying what, you know, in traditional schools as middle school, you're just this middle school, eighth grader. That's just hanging out with, with 18 year olds, just 
hitting balls back at them. Like that to me is amazing. Yeah, you grow up a lot. You grow up really fast when you I, have to do that. I bet. Do you do you think that was the biggest part of why you're able to be so successful now? Is that you were just you were almost forced at a young age to play at a higher level? Absolutely, absolutely. I think playing with girls older than me matured me a lot, and then I learned so much from them too. We had my seventh grade year, they were stacked on varsity. So I was on JV and it was just so cool to get to play against them. And I like wanted to be just like them. And um, it's fun because we have alumni match games now that we all, all graduated. So I'll go and play with them now. And it's just so cool to like look back and see kind of how it shaped me into the player that I am now. Sure. So obviously you, you're a great player. You're playing, you know, at the eighth grade level with 18 year olds and, and high school seniors and juniors, but you win five state championships. You obviously are going to think about moving to the next level to play. At what point in this process do you go, oh man, I, I got something special. And at what point do colleges start going, hey, Becca, like we want you. I think my so I started club ball in fifth grade and I played at a small club like five minutes from my house in um Mississippi and then my ninth grade year is when I decided to travel a little bit further because the volleyball was more competitive in Alabama so I drove to Mobile Alabama three or four times a week to go practice um so I moved clubs and that's kind of when I sat down with my parents and I was like, all right, if I'm like serious about this, I think I'm good enough to do this. It's a commitment that I'm willing to make if y'all are willing to make it. Cause I wasn't even driving at that point. Like I couldn't drive by myself. I had a permit. Um, so they were like, we're willing to make the commitment if you're willing to make the commitment. And it was like one of the best decisions I ever made. Amazing. Um, shout out to your parents. I mean, that's not a, it's, your parents have to be in the mindset and they have to, you know, I'm going to use a loose term here. They have to get it. They just have to get it to, to understand, like knowing like that move could do something super positive for you. So. But I'll tell you this, Daniel, you know, us having a travel soccer player, once she got that license, have fun. Like, <laughs> because going to games is one thing, having to drive to practice three times a week is another no, I, I definitely get that. But I mean, it's not like we're talking about we're, we're, we're leaving state lines to go go practice. I mean, so, you're, you're Daniel, a little, Daniel mine leaves state lines. Mine plays in Tennessee, brother. You forgot. Yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know. I just think about how far was the drive? Like, what are we Hour talking about? Hour so and a half. She doubled me up. Uh, Taylor, Taylor takes 45 minutes to get to practice. Hey. Do what it you gotta do. It, and it was. I mean, obviously, you, you start getting recruited, you end up at South Alabama. So, like, the next question is, is how do you end up? Why South Alabama? What was it about them where you're like, yeah, that's, that's where I want to be? So, obviously, I was playing in Mobile already. So, I had a really good relationship with the coaches there. And um, kind of how you get recruited is they'll come and watch, like, a lot of your club tournaments and stuff and then you go to their camp so I went to a lot of their camps and a couple of the girls from my club that were older than me were playing at South and they were committed there so I knew I really liked the coaches there and um beautiful city I loved it close to the water um and I just it felt right I visited a couple other schools and everything just felt right at South and honestly just, I didn't want to be in the recruiting process forever. Um, I guess as a sophomore, you don't really know what you want that well, but um, it everything seemed right and I really liked it. So in the moment, that's what felt right. And um, I think I committed summer going into sophomore year around that time. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's who's already seeing you, it's recruiting you, it's, you know, it's part of, it's part of the game. That's you know, one of the things I went and took my daughter to camps down there with Daniel. That's actually why I saw him. She was down there playing for Tampa's coach because she wants out of Mississippi. And so those are the coaches that are sending offers. 
he's trying to look for a, a destination more like Florida or North Carolina. So I understand it. it's about the coaches. And then when they're already giving you offers, like you said, as opposed to stress, trying to seek out and reach out to other schools or hope that they come to you, you already have one that wants you. Um, and there's something to be said about, you know, the first one who really actively pursues you. It doesn't matter what sport we've uh, you know talked about or what athlete we've talked to. They've always felt a connection with that first school because I mean, you know, you're excited when that, when they reach out to you and then, USA, as you know, the the abbreviation is is not um you know, no little school by any means. You know, obviously it's not Mississippi State, but um it's legit. As a matter of fact, Daniel, once upon a time I went to the season opener for Mississippi State football and watched them lose to South Alabama. It was one of the saddest times I think I've ever been in Starkville. It's <laughs> it's pretty depressing. I'm not even a Mississippi State fan. I just I felt so bad for them. And the USA chance broke out, which made it worse because I was like how can I get mad that they're chanting USA right now? <laughs> so anyway, we've never had a guest that, you know, actually went to South Alabama. So tell us, tell us a little bit about it. You know, what, what makes South Alabama unique within itself? It's a great city close to the water, like only a 30 minute drive to Gulf Shores. So you can go there whenever you want on the weekends. Um, I would say it's a small school, but it feels big because it's in a bigger city, I guess. Um, and the athletics is there. They hang in pretty much every sport, like the Sun Belt. They're in the top of pretty much every single sport in the Sun Belt. So, so in the Sun Belt in volleyball, who who was like the biggest competition for South Alabama at South Alabama, or who was your rival, so to speak? Our rival was Troy because we were both the two in Alabama. But the top two at that time were um, Coastal Carolina and. Texas State. You know, I'm glad it was Troy because I'm going to go, I'm going to go there. You know, first of all, you had no problem getting acclimated, um, named Sunbelt Conference Freshman of the Year, second team All-SBC, led the conference with 377 hitting percentage while tallying 153 kills, 55 blocks. Um, and, you know, I want to talk about one specific match and, and it's perfect because you just said them. You had a season high 21 kills against Troy. That's that's a ridiculous stat, Becca. Like, is it because they were the rival? I mean, there's something personal. What Troy do to you? They did nothing to me, but um, that we were hungry for a win. I don't think I'm pretty sure that was the first win of our entire season, and it was like October. We were, I think, we were like zero and five, zero and six, something like that. We were hungry for a win, um, and I just remember going out there and our setter. She, we were just like locked in that night. We had lost in a tie break the night before and we, it was a doubleheader. We played them the next day and we literally, we were like, we have nothing to lose. Like, let's just go out there and play our hardest. And I remember in warmups, like we were just clicking so well. And I was like, I know like if she can get me the ball, we can win this game. And I, she literally got me the ball every single chance she got. So we, we had a great night. <laughs> that, that was clearly the right move. Daniel, let me ask you, like, you're not a smack talker, but if you had 21 kills, if you're just throwing them down like that, I mean, how much smack are you talking across the net? I mean, at that point, you start feeling bad for people. <laughs> not much to say. The, 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 Band-aids and first aid kits. <laughs> the kills turn fits because you're basically committing a crime? Yeah. It's funny, too, because the libero, the girl that, like, I was basically just attacking on the other side of the net at Troy – when I ended up transferring here, she ended up transferring here a year later. And so I was like, oh my gosh, Lacey, like I remember literally like playing against you all the time. She's like, I remember that game too. So I always messed with her about that. She was hey, she was glad to be you, your teammate for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Becca, how do you feel about these liberos and their smug attitude and their different colored jerseys that they wear out there? I mean, you know, I mean, they've got no smug attitude. No, We've had I'm, one I'm, on. I'm, I'm kidding. I just think it's it's funny. It's like I picture the libero as being the one on the team who's like, "Hey, look at me! Look at me! Hey, I'm right here! Look at me!" Look, they do things that I could I could never do. So hey, I respect all, them. Yeah, they're all over the place for sure. Yeah. They're like, it's hard to take your eyes off of them because they're up front, they're in the back, they're in the middle, they're diving here, diving there, blocking, they're doing all kinds of things. Yeah, the di the digs are always the most fascinating. They, they seem to be the ones getting down on the floor, getting dirty the most. Absolutely. 
So, you know, clearly you're having success there. Obviously, based upon the record, though, you told me, you know, maybe not so much South Alabama was. So how does the conversation come up? How is there a decision to go to Mississippi State from South Alabama? So basically my senior year of high school, the coaches that I committed under got fired, left. So I, they got a new set of coaches that, and I decided just to keep my commitment because I really liked the school and it was really late in my recruiting process anyways. So most of the people or most of the other schools had pretty much filled up their rosters for my class. Um, so I think that the coach and I just weren't really on the same page and a bunch of other stuff kind of happened that I won't get into, but um, just decided that it was time for me to go find something else. And I was kind of, I entered the transfer portal and I was kind of like, if I don't find something that I absolutely 100% love, like I want to find a school that I love just as much with volleyball than without volleyball, because if I'm done with volleyball, like that, this might just be my last chance. I'm like kind of over it after this season. Like I just need to find somewhere that I'll like without volleyball too. So that was kind of how the conversation went when I got on the phone call with Julie, um, my head coach right now. And I just kind of told her, um, like, I just want somewhere that's going to treat me right and um, have a great relationship with my coach. And um, like, they they weren't looking for anyone in my position at the time. Um, they had pretty much a full roster, but I knew that I would be really happy at Mississippi State. I'm a Mississippi kid. Um, and she's always trying to find people from Mississippi to add to the roster even though um, recruiting in Mississippi is definitely hard. So um, she kind of told me like, look, like competition is going to be hard when you get here, but like we are willing to take a chance on you if you're willing to take a chance on us. And like, we will treat you right here. And like, you will love the school and you will love the volleyball program. And like, I came here and like never looked back. Yeah, we've had athletes from now with you on, five different sports from Mississippi State, and none of them has had anything negative to say, not only about the school, but the athletic programs in general. No no regrets for anyone who has chosen a Mississippi State. So, obviously, a great choice by you, and like you said, being a Mississippi kid. So, you know, sophomore year, you get there. First thing that jumps off the page, like, I look, and I see that y'all went on a 13-game winning streak in the SEC to close the season, which, you know, I talked to you before the show talking about Johnny Taylor was a guest on our show. So we were very familiar with how tough the SEC was in general. So, you know, just talk to me, you know, you get there and you go from a team that, you know, was struggling to a team that wins 13 straight in arguably the hardest conference in volleyball. What's that like? It was awesome. I will never forget my sophomore season. Um, I think it was just a team that was so special and we had such great chemistry and it was just, like we wanted to prove everyone wrong. I think we were voted second to last in the SEC in the preseason poll that year. And um, we're just like tired of being overlooked. And um, it's not a program with a ton of history doing well in the SEC. So we had lots of talks about that too. And I think that we all just decided like, let's prove people wrong. Like, let's just go out there and see what we can do. And that's kind of what happened. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, you were a big part of that success, you know, specifically, you had huge weekends against Missouri and A&M. Um, so, you know, like, I mean, did you feel, it seems like, you know, based upon, you know, the team's success and your success, I mean, you felt comfortable with the transition. I know some athletes struggle with the transition from one school to the other, especially that first year, but it seems like you kind of fit in well right off the, the bat. Yeah, so I transferred that January. So after my first semester freshman year, I came to state my second semester freshman year. So they were having the double season because of COVID. So I had to sit since I had already had a full season at South. So I kind of got to sit and watch the second half of state season and just see how things happened, see how we ran our offense, how we ran everything. And then by the time summer came around and preseason came, I felt like I was way better prepared than if I had just transferred that summer too. So it, I was a really good transition. I'm glad I transferred when I did too. Yeah, no, what you just said is exactly what we hear from most of the redshirt athletes, right? Like, you know, they take it all in. And so you got to do that while still playing, you know, a season. I, it feels like you got the the best, you know, way possible to do it. 
Um, so, you know, obviously that ends in the NCAA tournament, but, you know, junior season, y'all, y'all come in and have a down year compared to the previous year, you know, um, what happened was, you know, did you lose a, a lot of the players, you know, why the reason for coming from the NCAA tournament to a more of a struggled season? I think we joke too, because we thought like last season was so terrible compared to the season before, but when we looked at the numbers, that was our second best season in program history. So we don't want to like beat ourselves up too much for last season, but I think people figured us out too. I mean, we run a very fast offense. So just, we lost a couple people, but you know, just, I think people started to figure us out and we had a lot of depth too. So we toyed around with a lot of different lineups and um, couldn't really figure out what was best for us sometimes. And um, just, I mean, everyone was got a lot better in the SEC too. So I think it was just a combination of those Well, things. speaking of figuring out, you would have thought that South Alabama would have had a scouting report on you, um, but you had 12 kills, six blocks and 16 points against them. You know, what were the emotions like, um, you know, playing your old school? Is it like, even if there's like no kind of ill feelings, is it like really wanting to go out there and prove a point against the school you left? Oh, absolutely. We had played them before my sophomore year and I played terrible. Like I was in my head the whole time. I think I only played a set and I got like one kill and one error or something like that. Like I did terrible, just was in my head the whole time. And then we played them again last year and I got the start and I like, literally hopped out the gate I think I had like seven kills in one set and that was just so fun I was so amped up and I love seeing those girls I still talk to them today but um I definitely had like a different sense of motivation too just trying to prove people wrong it's it's almost like the sibling rivalry right Daniel like you know you have love for them but you want those bragging rights <laughs> absolutely so this upcoming season, you're a veteran leader. You know, they even put you on the center of their graphic and everything like, you know, be, being that you're now that leader, how do you help this team bounce back from a, a down season and get back to where you were your sophomore year? I think we have a lot of really good upperclassmen that we've brought into the program too. We got a couple new transfers and then our freshmen are really showing out. Right now we can't practice with the coaches until August, but we're doing um, open gym, captain's practice, whatever you want to call it. And it's been cool just to see like everyone kind of coming out of their shells and just like the stuff that we're choosing, the drills we're choosing to do in practice. I think we're trying to have a lot more discipline than we may have had last fall or last summer whenever we were running these practices um, that might've like, transitioned and faded into the fall last year so trying to just have a lot more discipline and work on like the basics and the simple things and like ball control defense and stuff like that instead of just like wanting to do hitting lines and stuff that might be a little bit more fun but maybe not as helpful in the long run yeah you know and I got a question for during the offseason with you know the way y'all hammer that ball down or with as high as y'all jump, you know, what's the, what's the weight routine? Like, do y'all hit the weight room a certain amount of times a week? So right now we're hitting the weight room five times a week. We have six thirty workouts every morning and then um, we're practicing three times a week right now, but in season, well, right now three of them are lifts and then two days are conditioning. And then um, in season, we'll probably lift two to three times a week. And maybe one of those might be like an active recovery day, just kind of depending on how our bodies feel. But um, it's just, it's really like a week to week basis, depending on the games that we have, or if we're all beat up, we might just have to do a yoga session or something like that. But they, they're really good about listening to how we feel and kind of changing it to what we need. So what's your best lift? I'm curious. My best lift. Well, I have a bum back, so I don't front squat. I don't back squat and I don't deadlift. Um, I'm really good mm, at the Daniel's pit shark. depressed with that answer right there. I'm yeah. really good at the pit shark <laughs> and I can bench, but not a lot. <laughs> Daniel got any thoughts here? Conditioning days. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm really good on the bike. There you do you have and an assault bike? Y'all we do stadiums. And they are no joke, but those are fun. And I have long legs, so I can do like. Yeah. I was gonna say, when you're six two, yeah, I bet stadiums are fun. Yeah, 
I can launch myself up there. Count me out on stadiums. Um, we'll stick to the weights. But all right, last thing for you, and then I'll let Daniel play a game. You know, obviously did our homework on you, but you know, tell us about some of the other players. You were talking about upperclassmen. Give us a few names. So when we go to turn on Mississippi State volleyball, we're not just looking for you, but a few names that we should expect to see and do big things. Yeah, so Lauren Myrick, who I would take into a zombie apocalypse, she was an outside. She's in the year above me. She's a fifth year now. Um, she's been an outside her whole career, and um, she just transitioned over to be a libero. And so I think big things are coming. She's moved into that position literally seamlessly. It has amazed me every single day in practice, but I think she's going to be a real threat in the back row and just leading the backcourt a lot and serve receive too um Carly Schmidt she just transferred in from Kansas tall my height and just springy can hop off the floor like crazy I think she's going to be a really big threat in our front row too man that's some things to look forward to I feel like you know your girl Lauren they are they're taking the harness off they're taking the restrictor plates the governor off and she's like She's shining because she can just go out there and just like go full bore. Like absolutely. That, that's what I need. No, no boundaries. Just here you go, man. Just get after it. But, um, Becca, that's that's the interview. So now it's the fun part. We get to play a game. You ready to play? All right, I'm ready. All right. So it's it's this game is called This or That. It is dubbed now because we have Chinook Cedary. As one of our sponsors, it is the Chinook Seedery, this or that. Um, it's brought to you by Chinook Seeds. They have the best sunflower seeds in the game. I'm, I'm not lying. I don't even know if you're a sunflower seed person, and you may not be able to because you're I like the ranch ones. The ranch ones. So you're a fan. See, absolutely. Everyone's a fan, you know, from mild to wild and everything in between. They got the best ingredients, the best craft seeds, the best flavors. You can find them anywhere. I mean, trust me, go get you a bag. You, you, you won't be disappointed for sure. So, all right, I'll have to check it out. Check them all out. They're all good. Jim, what's your favorite flavor? Cinnamon toast. Cinnamon toast. Tastes just like the cereal. Wow. It's, it's fancy. You notice can... I didn't bring you any of those because I kept them all for myself selfishly. Let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> Jim has been my friend. For a long time and we've been doing this podcast for a good minute now and he gets hooked up with all these seeds and you know he's like i'm gonna bring you a box full of goodies and you know i was like all right cool and he's like i got some seeds in there for you you know what flavors he brought me what original just regular <laughs> two bags they got they got flavors mild to wild and he brings me original <laughs> Look, that's on them because they know, they know that I prefer original. I said cinnamon toast is my favorite flavor, but like I prefer original more than anything. So they sent me a whole case of original. And what happened was, ironically, because we're talking to a Mississippi State athlete, I got rid of all of them in the left field lounge, Daniel. Like they, I brought them there and they scooped them all up, dude. They took all the flavors. So all I had left was the case of original. Blame those guys. But they fed oh. me really well. So I got to take care of them with the seeds. I'm, I'm sure at this point, everyone on this podcast right now has heard someone go, well, see what happened was, and then you just start, you just tune out because you know, it's some lame excuse. See what happened was. Like, you can, you can find the picture of them all laid out in the lounge with the lounge dog. They're there. I'm not lying. Well, see, see what happened was Jim. When I opened my box, I had two bags of original. You know, are you sure I we can't? That. Are you sure we can't make this this or that officially sponsored by our other sponsor, the Bellsmith, since it's Mississippi State and you we, know, we, base? Yeah, we can. So we're gonna Becca, we're gonna have you an NIL deal by the end of yeah. the night. We have not had a Mississippi State guest come on and we didn't get them a bell. So okay. we'll this or it. that tonight, we're flipping it. It's gonna be brought to you, Daniel. By that's an interesting question. Hey, are bells allowed in the volleyball game? They are not. They gave them away like a couple years ago, but you can't ring them because you can't have artificial noisemakers. Oh, boo. Like, I mean, I understand you are inside, but they're part of everything else. I know. It sounds too much like the whistle, apparently, for like the refs. So mm. what planet does a bell 
<laughs> a cowbell sounds like a whistle. Look, we don't make the rules. We just I'm don't. telling you, man. No Wait, look at this change over there and start start. Yeah, we'll get the, we'll we, get we're this. not talking to the right people. That's right. We got to get the right people. Any anyhow, this or that's brought to you by the Bellsmith. If you want a customized bell, if you're a fan of the Bulldogs and you need a bell for volleyball season, even though you can't ring it, but you can bring it and look at it. Um, and then when the game's over, when you go outside in the parking lot after a big victory, you can shake it and do your thing. Uh, football season, basketball season, whatever sport that you're looking for, go get your bell. See the bellsmith. He'll hook you up. He'll take good care of you. Becca, this or that. It's very simple. It's I give you two options. You choose one option or the other. Can't say both. Can't say neither. You pick one. Whatever your heart is feeling, you pick it and be decisive about it and just go with it. Got right. it. I'm right. All right. So easy question out the gate. In my opinion, it's an easy question. Pancakes or waffles? Chocolate chip pancakes. Chocolate mm. chip. You went there. See, I, I, I don't mind a pancake. Don't get me wrong. Pancake. It's like choosing between, you know, two, two candies that you like. All right. You know, but one of them is going to be your favorite. Um, if it's at Waffle House, I'll get the chocolate chip waffle. But if my mom's making it, pancakes. So, so I like waffles because. They have little gutters for syrup. Like, who wouldn't want that? Like, it's just, I, I just know. bite is full of syrup. Unlike a pancake, like, you might get a couple bites that have a good amount of syrup and it's kind of soggy and it tastes kind of good, but then you might have somewhere that's kind of dry. So, <laughs> I just know, Daniel, I've never probably told you because obviously when we started hanging out, my sister had already moved out. Um, but Becca, she's nine years older, but. You know, we didn't get along very well, but she did always make me chocolate chip pancakes, and they were always the bomb. So I, I, I dig okay. that answer. I I chocolate chips, I yeah, I don't dislike pancakes at all. I love pancakes. Just like waffles better. Both solid choices. For sure. All right. What do you like doing more, blocking or killing? Kill, hitting. It's not called killing. It's well, killing. I'm calling killing. I okay. Think just killing. I like killing. Kill yeah. That should be the stat. <laughs> like, if I looked at the stat book and I was like, she's got 100 kills this season. Well, that's it. It's called a kill, but you hit. Okay. Oh, we know he's just doing that on purpose. <laughs> okay. So, so what, which would you rather do? You said, I'd hit. rather hit. What, what is it about it? Is it just the feeling of knowing like you are about to? Put a target on somebody and light them up, or is oh it my gosh, yeah, it's like an adrenaline rush. And blocking stresses me out so badly because you never know where the ball's going. So, like, if I get a block, it's really fun, but it just is kind of stressful because I'm not very good at reading like where the setter's setting. So it's just but, stressful. But Daniel, if you go to Mississippi State Volleyball's Instagram page and you look at pictures you will see her and another girl equally as tall jumping up for blocks at the same time. And I can't figure out how you would get the ball past the two of them because there are some long arms going over that net. <laughs> I just feel like there's a level, like when you block, there's gotta be a level of like, of luck that goes with it. Cause like there's deflection and like wherever the ball goes, it kind of goes like you're trying to block. I mean, is there like strategy so and like, or you just jump and hope you touch the ball? I mean, what's... It's literally like playing cat and mouse with the hitter on the other side of the net. So you could go block the same spot a hundred times and then you move one inch to the right and then they beat you to your left. Or it's it's wild. What like, throws me watching is when the... the you're Because you're talking about the cat and mouse, when the one on the other side acts like they're going to be the hitter, but they're not, and it throws you. They, oh I mean, God. there's a lot involved in volleyball. yeah. You know what would piss me off is the ones where they they jump up like they're going to hit it, and then somebody, like, dinks it over. Yeah, then they tip it. Sometimes it works um, smarter, not harder. True. I don't like tipping, though. It's no fun. <laughs> oh, of course not. All right, so would you rather watch a movie or would you rather watch a series? I'm thinking, like, in terms of Netflix, you got the option of picking a movie or a series. I think with? if I'm with other people, I'd like to watch a movie. But if I'm by myself, I want to watch a series. What are you watching right now? What, what? I just finished The Quarterback on Netflix. Have y'all heard of that? 
How is it? It's so good. Like I would recommend it to everyone. It's in my queue. I gotta, I gotta, it's, it's, it's coming up next. You know, yeah, they, they're, they're going to be doing a season two of the quarterback. Really? Yeah. Tua, Tua has decided he's not going to be a part of it. Do you know who it is? Who's going to be in it? Um, they are, I think, I think the same guys are going to be in it, but I think they're going to get two people from this rookie draft class coming up. I think that's what I'm, the scuttle. I should have put Joe Burrow in it, but. Oh Lord, Joey B. I mean, that would be the show. And like, now I can flip the computer around and I can have the Burrow and the Breeze jersey in the front. Uh, I like some both. You go. All right. Becca, if you were left on an island with either your worst enemy or no one, which option would you choose? Would you choose to have a somebody, but you hate that person, or would you rather choose isolation? I can't really think of who my worst enemy is. Um, I feel like I'd rather have someone. I'd be really bored by myself, and at least they might have some ideas. Maybe we could work out our beef. See, I'm the opposite like i would rather be by myself because i think if i was with my worst enemy the whole time i would be thinking that they are trying to do something to get rid of me i I can't even think of who my worst enemy would be speaking of enemy daniel the last time we had a hitter on um Allie Stumler, she said she did not like confrontation but then told daniel because the question back then was would you rather do five years in jail or 10 years in a coma. And so right after she tells Daniel that she doesn't do confrontation, she says she would go to jail. And Daniel explains to her how much confrontation she would have <laughs> if she went to jail. Yeah, I would definitely choose a coma. Sure. Would you rather, are you a planner? Or would you rather plan ahead or would you rather just live in the moment? Oh, I plan everything. I have a planner. Like I write down everything for my entire week and I live by my planner. I secretly love putting things in my calendar, putting things on a planner, putting things in a checklist so I can check yes. it off. Like I freaking love that stuff. But I don't put anything in like a on my phone calendar. I don't know. I just can't do it online. Like I'm old, I'm old school. I have to write everything down. And then I'm ready for my week. Nothing like I get pumped up. Like if you go to Office Max or Target and you look at just the planners, <laughs> you look at all the different varieties and options. Like I actually think that if I was to customize and make a planner, I could make a badass planner. Oh, I, me too. I, I could sell lots of them. <laughs> so would you rather own a massive yacht? Or have your own private jet? A yacht, 100%. So what are, like, what are you doing in this yacht? Like, where are you going? Like, are you you just can go fish. Somewhere? Are you going to go anywhere? But like being on the water is just the best. Did you see the one I sent you today, Daniel? Yeah, that one almost looked, didn't look real. And that's like, why I wanted it. I needed it. I needed every bit of that yacht. And I sent it to you just because of this question. It doesn't seem... Like it's water friendly, you know what I mean. Like so that's, that's that's not like the this one was like technology, like out the frame. Like it had all the custom stuff, Becca. Like we're not getting lost. I'm going to tell you that out at sea. Have you seen Titanic? Yeah. <laughs> so like the grand staircase at the very beginning when he's standing up there and then he's you know looking down. Like mm-hmm. that's what I picture this yacht like had gold everywhere and marble and granite and it's just like this just isn't like this doesn't remind me of a yacht and boat life this it's like a high-rise condo in in manhattan on the water which sounds pretty cool but it just i don't know but she's she likes to fish so you knew you knew there was a chance at the water the boat i'd rather be on the water even though it's probably not a realistic answer like having a jet would be convenient to go anywhere but i think i'd rather be on the water how do you feel about frozen water would you would you rather spend an hour in a walk-in freezer or two hours in a sauna two hours in the sauna i hate the cold i will never live in the north i hate the cold i hate the north 
I'd rather be in a sauna for a whole day. I think I could, I could do, do with the heat way more than I could do with the cold. Um, yeah, that just doesn't sound fun to me. Those people who get on those crab boats and you see how frozen they are, or people who are like, I'm going to move to Alaska. Nope. Nope. That's all y'all. Not for me. All right, last question, Becca, and this is a big one. Would you would you rather win a million dollars but have to spend it on other people? You couldn't spend a dime on it on yourself. You had to spend it all on other people. Or would you rather win $100,000 and you get to spend it only on yourself? Um, and I, I, we, we won't judge you based on the answer to this question. I think I'd probably just rather the $100,000 for myself because I could still like, I could go buy a house and then everyone else could enjoy the house, you know, or like if I saved it, I don't, I feel like I could do a lot with it that would still help other people. It's, it's but, the right answer, Becca. People who say a million dollars are lying to us. Yeah. I don't think that like, if you're spending it on other people, then it, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> Hey, cool. Y'all have a good time. Nope. Yeah, they're like, I'll buy all my friends' stuff and I'll get to use it too. And I'm like, yeah, put a hundred thousand dollars in a bag in front of somebody and see if they're not taking it. Right. Real. All right, Becca. That's it. You're off the hot seat. <laughs> not, not too bad, right? You, you did great. Yeah, great. Love the answers. So before you bounce, anything you want to plug or promote? Um, our first game's August 25th. So hope to see lots of fans out there supporting the dogs yeah i went to the website went over to the website and there's a little little countdown you guys got 23 days and 18 hours and 32 minutes until your first exhibition game against uab the the test question for you daniel is what where they play what's it called where who where mississippi, mississippi state, state plays what is it called mm-hmm. like the arena or the I have no idea. That's why Becca's on here to tell us these tips. <laughs> well, the building's called Newell Grissom, but we call it the Gris. The Gris is what I'm referring to. The Gris. Man, that's, that's pretty tight. I like that. Thanks. I like Man, it. All, all the state ones have that. It's no different than Duty Nobles, the dude, you know, like Nuts Park, they just call it, you know, the Nuts. So I guess all of them, all of them got their, their name. I love it. And we're pretty much, we're one of the only SEC teams to have a volleyball only facility. So most people play in their basketball arena, so they have to share it or go practice on a different court. But we have our very own volleyball only Nets stay up. How nice is that to not have to deal with Nets up and down? Oh my gosh, it's huge. Such an advantage to practice on your home court. I mean, let me tell you something. As a former baseball coach in a high school, there's nothing that I hated more than going into a gym during the winter and having to pull volleyball nets down. <laughs> and then when we left, we had to put them back up. They're a pain, let me tell you. It's up. It's up. There's no other, there's no other way. Like you would think there's a more technologically savvy way than to get the pole, put it in there, turn it, screw it, net, like the whole night. And then like in high school, it's probably not like this in college, but the net's always jacked up and you got to untangle it and it's not roll. It's not, it's, I, I digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's terrible. We had to put the nets up when I was at South. So we put it up ourselves and in high school too, but our managers will switch it from one court to three courts for practice and games. So we're very blessed to have great managers to do that for us. <laughs> real, real. My hat's off to those, to those guys. Cause they, they are doing God's work. They kill it. Yeah. For sure. All right. If you want to know what Becca's up to on a just a random Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever it is, go on over to IG Becca.walk. Or if you want to see what the volleyball team's got cooking, Hale State VB on Instagram. Next month, you guys got the Stark Vegas Classic. Like I said, in 23 days, 18 hours, and 29 minutes. You got to start your first game on the 19th. Be at home at 4 p.m. Becca, we had a blast. Hope you had some fun. We wish you nothing but the best and, and, and lots of luck, hopefully. 
when you guys kill it this season, you'll come back on and you'll talk to us about it. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for having me. Absolutely. That's Becca Walk, everybody. If you like hearing Becca's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, thumbs up, hearts, hugs, love. We'll take it all. Just, just give us all the positive stuff. We love it. And we'll see everybody next week. We got episode seven where we're going back to baseball. We're going to have a Georgia Bulldog join us, and not just any Georgia Bulldog. We got the NCAA Freshman of the Year, Charlie Condon, coming on to tell us about his season with the Bulldogs and, and kind of give us a glimpse as to what they got going on, what's cooking, and what's next for him in the upcoming season. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.